0: Brian Orndorf of DVDtalk.com says Its funny bone personality is larger than life It's a film I adore for its purity of intentions Roger Ebert of the Chicago Sun-Times calls it A comedy so listless, leisurely, and unspirited That it was an act of the will for me to care about it Even while I was watching it And Rita Kempley of the Washington Post says The moral is a sweet one If you try, you never fail The world is graded on a curve. On this episode of Ruined Childhoods, we decide the fate of summer school. Which one will it be? This is the Ruined
1: Childhoods
0: podcast
1: readings, Starfighters. It's time for Ruined Childhoods, where my brother John and I talk about all of the movies and franchises and series that we love and how we can best advise Hollywood to not screw them up.
0: <laughs> well, the movies that we love, but also movies that maybe we think we should be talking about, such as Cannonball Run. Yes, exactly. Uh, not yes, to say yes. that we didn't enjoy it, but we had never seen it before. Cannonball so,
1: Run is not a, was not a, you know, beloved film of our, of our youths. So yeah.
0: Of our <laughs> adult lives, maybe.
1: Perhaps. Yeah. Beloved's going a bit far, but, uh, I, I definitely found We all some... had a lot of fun. Yeah.
0: We had a lot of fun. <laughs> we and did. I, while we're on the subject of Cannonball Run, and first of all, I, I'm, I'm foregoing my typical news segment uh, since we are... I'm not sure if we're going to be releasing this um, right after the last one or I'm going to wait a little bit since Dan's going to be uh, out of the country for a little while. So yes. uh, I might put this one in like mid-month. But um, I did want to issue a an apology. I feel like we slacked a little bit on not giving all, uh, enough information because there was a cannonball run. And we talked about a script being written by, um, Thomas Lennon and Ben Grant, but there yeah. had been something actually in the works that, I mean, must've just fizzled away. I've already forgotten who was involved. It was but... Aton Cohen. Aton Cohen. What did Aton Cohen do?
1: Um, well, (laughs) apparently not, not the new cannonball run. Not the new cannonball run. But he was, Aton Cohen, you know, he's, he, um, he's kind of, he worked on, well, I mean, you know, probably not the best credit to start it off with, but, uh, Holmes and Watson. Um, I think he worked on Tropic Thunder. Um,
0: right. I did know that there was some sort of Will Ferrell involvement.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um Idiocracy, tro- yeah, Tropic mm-hmm. Thunder. He was a he was a writer on yeah, Get Hard, uh, Men in Black Three, Holmes and Watson, and he's also worked with Mike Judge. Uh he's right. a writer. He he co-wrote Idiocracy and uh worked on King of the Hill. Uh right. and actually goes all the way back to uh, you know, Beavis and Butthead.
0: Yeah, so there in June of twenty eighteen. So, a little over a year ago, um, there was a report on Deadline, and um, I'm actually reading something from Maxim that quotes the Deadline uh, article, but it says, This isn't a remake as much as a relaunch of a film based on the famous Cannonball seat to Shining Sea Memorial Trophy race that was captured in the three uh, Hal Needham-directed films that starred Burt Reynolds, so on and so forth. Um, And then it goes on to say... Uh, while we live in an age where auto stunts have gotten so extreme that many fans legitimately hope the Fast and the Furious goes into space, uh, the new Cannonball could benefit from those stunts, but won't be another Fast and the Furious movie. Um, I think we're living in a post or current Fast and Furious world, so I don't think Cannonball uh, can out Fast and the Furious. The Fast and the Furious is its own thing. Um, have the fun of Ocean's Eleven, which makes sense because of the Rat Pack. Um, yeah connection of the of the original not brad pack like i said the last time foolishly Though, um,
1: so, man wouldn't <laughs> it be great though if they had like the Brat pack if like one of the cars was just like a van it was emilio estevez molly ringwald judd nelson judd nelson anthony mm-hmm. michael hall ali, they pick up ali sheedy like hitchhiking i don't know um
0: yeah um yeah Uh, So uh, Doug Lyman was in early talks to take over directing the cannonball run. Um, That was also June of 2018. So probably the same. (laughs) That made sense to me. Doug
1: Lyman. I'm thinking, I'm thinking born identity and I'm thinking go.
0: Oh, okay. I mean, I think that it'd be really fun to have, This is not an episode about the Cannibal Run again, Um, but because, you know, he did Edge of Tomorrow. Be really fun to do. Oh, yeah. Get Tom Cruise in there. Um, So. Oh, my God. Tom Cruise
1: reprising his role from Days of Thunder as Cole Trickle. My favorite. Perhaps my favorite Tom Cruise character name.
0: Cole Trickle.
1: I love Days of Thunder. I have hot take. I, I don't know if I've Days ever seen Thunder. it. I prefer it to Top Gun. Really? As they are often, you know, it's Days of Thunder was kind of you know com, it was, not, it's not really the same thing, but they called it like you know top Top Gun in cars. But I always preferred Days of Thunder. Um, I liked the cast more. I thought the, the pacing was better. I thought the the cars. I found the cars more exciting than the planes. Anyway, long story short, I, that's where where I land on the Top Gun Days of Thunder thing. Most people prefer Top Gun. I'm a Days of Thunder well, guy.
0: If if you know me, you know I'm a, you know I'm a Val Kilmer guy. So
1: yes, give oh, me Kilmer, and I'm a happy guy. Speaking of John, speaking of mm-hmm. so on the on on the last episode, we uh, I, MacGruber came up. Yeah, and I had you Von Kumpf. you. You were singing its praises and I stayed quiet because the only time I saw MacGruber was, it was like a, like one of those like preview screenings. Mm-hmm. And I, I, for whatever reason, w- there were, wasn't a huge fan of it. I, I watched it. Um, I watched it yesterday or I watched. You I, watched I, it yesterday? I had on like last night. I had some of it on like last night as I was finishing up, uh, Grading papers, you know, mm-hmm. um, real life teaching as opposed to summer school. But I, um, yeah, so I kind of, I was like, you know what? I can put on McGruber in the background. That'll be a nice little background thing while I'm, while I'm taking care of business here. And I have to say, I enjoyed it a lot more. I definitely appreciated a lot more about, uh, Will Forte's performance and about the, the screenplay definitely enjoyed Val Kilmer. I always enjoyed Val Kilmer and I thought Kristen Wiig in that movie was, was pretty great from, from the get go.
0: Okay. So for me, nothing is better than his obsession with tracking down the person who drives the car with the license plate like KFBR 392 or whatever it is. The guy who like makes fun of his car and he is just, his notebooks are filled with the guy's license plate (laughs) number and he's just obsessed (laughs) with this. Nothing is better than that. That is the most brilliant like F story of a movie through line joke that just keeps on creeping up and it's done so masterfully. It's so good. It's just, it's, I mean, I, I can
1: understand why it was not a big hit. It's so <laughs> <just> <laughs> bizarre and profane.
0: <laughs> well, and I always had an issue with like the SNL sketch, McRuber, when it was on because I was like, oh, that's so dumb, you know, just to do like, it's so like, I don't know, tacky to do a MacGyver parody you're making but,
1: fun of a show that's twenty years old.
0: I, I know. But then when you actually watch it, it's like, okay, this is actually really smart and weird. And the movie does what clearly the you know, SNL sketches could never do. Oh. And it does it in such a wonderful oh, way. Ever. Yeah. The celery in the ass. Uh well, Val Kilmer's character name. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's so good. <laughs> um, so anyway, that's yeah. not what we're talking about on this episode. We're talking about Summer School. Summer School, 1987,
1: directed by Carl Reiner.
0: You know, and I don't think I even realized that until I picked up the DVD from my local library and I saw his name on the front. I was like, wait a second. Really? Okay." Yeah all right yeah well and, and he's he has the, a cameo in it too he's in it yeah did I, did
1: I i this is not really like you know a big like you know great wonderful story but i did have the opportunity once to meet carl reiner and did you and shake his hand yeah um i i saw him he did a uh talk at the uh 92nd street y in new york city mm. and um my good friend lynn rosenberg uh brought me along to that and uh, he had a new novel coming out and you know, the novel was, was cute. It was funny. And, but just hearing him talk and tell stories about everything from working in the Dick Van Dyke show to, you know, the jerk. I don't, I don't think there were too many summer school stories, but uh, Carl Reiner, just a a wonderfully funny and intelligent uh, writer, director, performer.
0: Yeah. Directed yeah, this. and Summer School is a it's a very sweet movie and uh one of the uh reviews uh that that we had at the beginning of the episode the intro um from the Washington Post kind of nails it and says the moral is a sweet one if you try you never fail the world is graded on a curve and I fully agree with that it's it's such a just a, an earnest movie and yeah. I feel like Mark Harmon uh who I can't say I really have seen much more of his work because I don't watch NCIS or Jag or whatever else he did. He, you know.
1: I I think N- NCIS is pretty much yeah, I mean I think he did one on other JAG?
0: one of those one of those yeah. other shows he did. But um he's just he'll he'll always be Mr. Shoop to me. You know, yeah. he's just this this fun, easygoing gym teacher who just cares about his students that's based, that's really the core of it the, I, he's not he's not doing a lot of what he's doing for really selfish reasons and just to go into a little brief synopsis summer school very simple plot there are a select group of students who failed a particular english test that would require them Uh, that that they need to pass in order to move on. And Mm -hmm. so they need to go to summer school. The teacher who would be teaching summer school, played by Carl Reiner, um, ends up winning $50,000 on a scratcher and says, see you later, kiss my ass. And the only teacher who's around to get suckered into doing doing summer school for this class (laughs) is Mr. Shoop, the gym teacher, who uh, is you know, a, a a beach bum who has a very loyal dog and yeah. just kind of a guy who wants to breeze through life. The only reason why he has a teaching job is so that he has summers off. And uh, so he gets roped into <laughs> teaching these kids and basically what's up,
1: <laughs> which is, I think it's so funny because he says that you find that out as he says this to the assistant, principal which is funny because when i heard that the first thing i thought was oh he must have tenure and then like the next line was you need my recommendation for 10 years so
0: i was like yeah. damn yeah uh, so yeah. it just like ties up that <laughs> question right away and uh, in order to get this this group of kind of screw-ups to uh to pass this class so that he can get his tenure he essentially uh you know, takes bribes and does grants wishes for the kids. And, uh, over the course of this time, uh, manages to turn their, uh, their lives around. They turn his life around and everything doesn't necessarily work out in the end. It it doesn't, it doesn't.
1: It, it does in the way that it needs to. Yeah. And it the, does, it also it, doesn't in the way that it needs to not work out.
0: This movie came out 32 years ago, so I'm going to go ahead and spoil the ending. Pretty much everyone in the class fails, but Mr. Shoup proves that they did accomplish something because of the improvement in their grades. Like Mm. some of them went from like an 18 to getting like a 54, and it's you know just like looking at to see how well they improved, and the parents are in there and they're saying. Um, you know, this is the first time I've ever seen my kid study, and it mm-hmm. brought me to tears. Like that is what gets the principal to go ahead and grant the tenure. And I, I don't know if he's giving the kids another chance to take the test or what exactly is going on there, but one of them definitely,
1: Rhonda, oh, right, the one, the one who went baby. into labor during the during the test, yeah, gets a uh, and
0: and I gotta say this. The group of students, it's they're they're wonderful. It's such a great cast. Um, you have the the two horror movie junkies, uh, yeah. who you know they're teenage delinquents, but they are nice kids, yeah. You know, they're good, they're Chainsaw good kids. And Dave,
1: they just spend all of their time watching horror movies, especially like gory, like T- Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And mm-hmm. they just, that's all they, they care about. And I, and I feel like we, I, they care I about one like other we, thing. They oh yeah. They also care
0: about the foreign exchange student.
1: Yes. Yes. The, uh, yeah. The busty foreign exchange student, um, who shows up. So, um, but yeah, they are, and I feel like a lot of the kids in this are types that I felt like I knew. Like, th- like Chainsaw yeah. and Dave, the two guys who love Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like, I remember that, like, the the guys I knew in high school who who were like that. Yeah, you know, I mean, they didn't like you know, fail fail out, but you know, I remember the guys who were like, you know, who would have you know the bootleg VHS tapes of never like the the director's cut of Army of Darkness or, right, <laughs> you, you know, whatever. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Another thing Another thing to note is that this group of students, they all get along. There's never any fighting amongst them. Um, in fact, the the one kid who's like the football player, um, Kevin, he ends up dating the, the girl who's pregnant,
1: mm-hmm. you know,
0: and it's just like a, a nice little con- connection they have. They don't go over the top with it. And it's just like, hey, we get along with each other we should go out. Like they just start, they form a relationship. He becomes her Lamaze coach. Um, the Pam played by Courtney Thorne Smith in a very early role. Um, she has this infatuation with, uh, with Mr. Shoup and he never crosses a line and she never forces him to cross the line. I mean the, yes. Okay. The line is crossed that she moves in with him
1: well, he crosses the line with everyone by hosting a party in which high school <laughs> yeah. students are drinking. So right. let's – I figure we'll, – I'll get to the teacher's perspective on it, but <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. There is – yeah. But also, I mean, Courtney Thorne Smith, this was also – so summer of 1987 was – Kind of her breakout summer because she was in this and she also had a featured role in Revenge of the Nerds 2, Nerds in Paradise.
0: Mm hmm. That's
1: right. Yeah, Lewis's love interest in that. Yeah. But I think she's got much more to work with here.
0: Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, And then there's uh, the character Alan Eakian, the kind of the geek who's not smart. Um, he's got this really high pitched voice and it's kind of funny cause you would expect that he would just get picked on the whole time, but he doesn't, uh, you know, people encourage him to, you know, just kind of do his thing. And actually, um, Richard Steven Horvitz, who, who plays the character, he has done a lot of like cartoon voices. He was the voice of invader Zim. If you remember that cartoon from the early two oh. thousands. Um, yeah. So much respect to Richard Stephen Horvitz for playing that role so well. Um, I don't know. It, Dean Cameron plays uh chainsaw and it's just so memorable. Um, I don't know. I, I could just, and we haven't even talked about Kirstie Alley yet. I was I, just I mean, going to
1: say, we haven't talked about yeah. Kirstie Alley. The fact that you used to live in her neighborhood.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I was out for a walk one day and saw a, this house with a giant, cage in the front and there were lemurs in it and after doing that's what it
1: was okay
0: yeah after doing a google search discovered that kirsty alley lives in that house and uh and has these lemurs and i looked it up again recently and there was some article about there were articles about how she was selling the house and it comes with this giant lemur cage so uh hope those lemurs (laughs) are doing well that was quite some time ago so who knows what the deal is but
1: Yeah. yeah I totally forgot about that until I was watching it. And they, was, oh, oh, wait a second. Yeah, she had that house with the, I, I thought it was llamas. But llamas, no, lemurs. lemurs. Yeah, you say llama, I say lemur, you know. Um,
0: yep, and I'm correct oof. and you're not.
1: I know, yeah. Anyway. They, yeah, they, they were lemurs.
0: So, and this was also at a time for, like a really hot time for Kirstie Alley. It was, mm-hmm. let's see, was she on Hmm.
1: I want to say this was her I I think she started on Cheers in in 87. I I, I could be really so
0: this year was off on that? Yeah, I'm gonna just look that up. Uh and this was then of course before the like Look at his Talking movies. Um post Star Trek 2. Right. That was 82. Yeah. Um do 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 do, do, do. cheers Cheers. Because she was on the, she was the original. Yeah. So she was 87. She was,
1: yeah. She was not the, yeah. She took over for, uh, for Shelly Long.
0: Yeah. So, yep. 87. So, uh, before that, yeah, she was not, I mean, she was in TV shows and, uh, you know, she was in the movie Blind Date in 84. Um, oh, this is
1: crazy. So she was in this TV movie, Prince of
0: Bel-Air, that Mark Harmon was also in. Oh, no way. Yeah. Well, how about that? Um, but So she plays the real teacher. She's a history teacher that's doing a summer school for AP students next door. So <laughs> she kind of helps him become a good teacher. And they form a a friendship, even though he's kind of hounding her to... Uh, go out with him, although she is going out with the vice principal, Mr. Gibbs, um, who's a total dweeb. What's up? I
1: love a love triangle that I found very similar to Back to School, the Rodney Dangerfield, mm. Sally Kellerman. And and also, I, I think what made me think of it was the like the guy's name is Philip in both of them. Oh. The uh, Paxman <laughs> Whitehead character in Back to School is Philip. And it's like Philip in this. And like the way that she just said it, I was like, oh, wait a second. This is just like Back to School. Just in that wow.
0: aspect. I did not it. even pick up on that.
1: The fact that it's just That's- these two polar opposite guys. The one's a total tight ass. And the other one is the other end of the spectrum.
0: And so Back to School was 86. Yeah. um, trying to see if there were any the same like writers or anything? Well, I, I don't think so. I think Harold, Ra- no. Harold
1: Ramis wrote Back to School, I think.
0: Right. But there was a, a bunch of other writers. I mean, just checking to see if there's any ties, but I don't think so. Um, um, but that is a funny common thread. I wonder if uh, they, you know, were just like, what do we call that character? And then Back to School comes out and it's like, well, we'll just call him the same name as that guy.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. There's probably no connect. It's like you know how we were talking about like Dick Tracy and Batman, got, kind of like had similar, like kind of filled similar places in the like movie calendar, and also right. had similar plots. I, I don't think. I think it's a coincidence, but it's just funny because I was like, yeah, reminds me of back to school,
0: which I love. So back to school is great. Um, so Dan. Mm. Let's talk about how you are a teacher and have taught summer school. Let's get I into am. it. <laughs> so I am a teacher and I
1: have taught summer school. I taught um, I taught uh, language arts uh, for one summer in um, Bronx Envision Academy. Go B E A in the in the Bronx, <laughs> and I yeah. So my summer school class was, and it, it's kind of like so. I don't think it's the same everywhere. Like I think some schools you get hired, you go in and they tell you, this is the curriculum you're teaching. This is what you're doing. Other schools are just like, this is what the kids need to like know how to do. This is what they need to learn how to understand. You do that. You you figure that out. And it's not like you're just like on your Mm -hmm. own, you've got tons of support, but there's a lot more freedom. I tend to, I tend to operate better in that type of environment. So That's – and that's the type of environment that that BEA was and I was – I had to basically like get these kids to read things and write about what they're reading and, you know, kind of take what they're given and make new – you know, come up with their own take on it. And it ended up just being a course on – uh, it, it started as I was going to have them read the book *Fallen Angels*, which was uh, not based on the Poison song. It's a uh, Vietnam hmm. novel that is geared towards like middle school, high school oh, okay. readers. It's not at you know, it, it's like not as the language is definitely toned down, the imagery is toned down, and what I was doing was kind of having them read that book and along the way watching. Um, you know, watching some, some scenes from movies we, we, we watched like all of Platoon and we watched the second half of Full Metal Jacket. Hmm. The only time, I think that's the only time anyone has said, yeah, I just watched the second half of Full Metal Jacket. Usually, I was going to
0: say the first half of Full Metal Jacket is the one that people remember the most. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's amazing. Uh, but I, as I wanted to, like kind of give the kids a sense of what they were reading, and that sure. the part with the sniper in Full Metal Jacket kind of right, kind of worked. So, so we watched that and and watched, just to kind of like show them, like, all right, this is kind of what this was, you know, somewhat of the experience of the Vietnam War, this, you know, as told through cinema and as interpreted through cinema. We watched some parts of documentaries. We talked about the anti-war movement, and you know it was a very it, it 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 was i mean it was a nice class i'd had some of the kids before in um in my in in my class i had taught them previously they my class wasn't the one that they failed to get into my summer school class but <laughs> um as far as that goes i mean there's not it, I feel like ta- comparing summer school to the movie summer school and the teaching that goes on to it – that goes on it and I'm just everything that goes on, it, it's it's a little more comparable to my like regular school experience. The summer yeah. school experience was very much – I mean, you know, the it was – You know, the kids showed up. These are kids who probably – most of whom, you know, probably had inconsistent attendance. And now it was like, all right, well, now you have to show up every day for like three weeks. Or you have to show up Monday through Thursday for three weeks. You think you can handle that? And they would. And that was – you know, and you try to – I guess there's – again, there's different philosophies of teaching. And some philosophies are the like – you're learning what I – you're doing what I give you to do. You have no choice in the matter. This is it. This is the program. You either get with it or you're here again. And then there's kind of the, uh, all right, this isn't working. What else am I going to do? Which is how the v- that Vietnam class ended up being less about like writing about a novel and more about writing about the, the war and writing about the – it became much more based in nonfiction just because that's what was interesting. The kids more. And I'm like, well, if my goals are, I need to get them to read something and write about it. Why don't I give them like, you know, Hey, this is a, you know, an interview with a, with a veteran about his experience. Hoping coming going to say a vampire coming home an interview with a vampire. Yes. Louis and Lestat um, in <laughs> Vietnam <laughs> with Forrest Gump. Uh, why not? Um, Hey, the, talk yeah. about a, uh, a a sequel idea it's a 1994 mashup but (laughs) what i did find what i what i what i was really i think this is the first time i've been watching summer school since i've started teaching and i only started teaching seven years ago so Mm -hmm. really really like full time but the way that i came up or the way that I was kind of trained was to be responsive and to be responsive to student needs, which like Mr. Shoop really is. And you also get, you also get, um, you learn that you learn about relationship building. Like there's this, like some new teachers here, like don't smile, don't smile in front of the class before Thanksgiving break. Like, let them know you're serious. Don't let down your guard. You know, be is that a real thing? That's a real. I I don't think it is anymore. I don't know how many. Certainly, where where I went, Pace University, did not like that. That was the that was like okay. Like some people say that, and that's a bad idea. And here's why that's a bad idea. Um. But I think there are some people that believe that. I'm sure I've worked with people who believe that. And I uh, it's just that's again, not
0: not me, not the way I do things. And so what I want to know though is did you teach any of your students how to drive?
1: Not in the way that Mr. Shoop does with Denise. Though, <laughs> by the way, and I should and I should say this because I know I I said it about like Chainsaw and Dave, but I have had students that like these – what got me about this was the like believability of so Mm -hmm. much of it and so many of these characters because I've had kids that almost every one of those characters reminded me of. Yeah. Like I've had the kids who were like so focused on sports that – that nothing else mattered. I didn't have anyone who, I don't, I don't think I've had anyone who's, who's stripped though. I don't who
0: knows? know. <laughs> who knows? Um, uh, well, and, and just going back to Denise, it's like the, um, the, the part of her character that's probably very relatable is her dyslexia. That's probably yeah. something that's extremely common. Oh, and that's
1: another – and that's another thing is that's – and one thing I think we think like, you know, we watched this movie from 1987 and we think, oh, okay. Well, they didn't really know as much then and now I'm sure she would get help much sooner. Mm, not necessarily.
0: Like if Maybe you're not, not – at Ocean at Oceanfront High.
1: Not notion Oceanfront High. If you're going to public school, if you're going to a public school that's not in a more affluent area – um. Chances are there are a lot of kids who already receive special services and there are a lot of kids who need them but aren't classified. So someone like Denise, who like they say, you know, she slipped through the cracks. I yeah. I heard that and I was like, God damn, that's like – this movie's from 1987 and that is – that still happens. Like that yeah. still happens. I get kids coming in, in my class and I see their, their writing and – it, I'm like wow this kid hasn't had if they're getting to high school and they have these these issues then yeah they've really slipped through the cracks
0: yeah and it's a lot I also the know, older i I also know that the student that you've had that's performed the best spent the entire time in the bathroom
1: <laughs> i if only that was the case for them um <laughs> trust me I have kids who who have probably spent as much time in the bathroom but they so I found that to be very relatable and on the on the have I taught my kids to drive not definitely not behind the wheel though I've mm-hmm. defi- I've said th- like we've talked about it we've definitely talked about it and and in Seattle uh <laughs> Seattle's not known for having the best drivers in the world <laughs>
0: It's uh-huh, okay. my
1: the theory I developed when I first moved here was that everyone learns how to drive as though at any moment Sasquatch could come out from the side of the road and run across the road, so that everyone's mm-hmm. constantly riding their brakes and like I'm not sure, I'm not sure what to do. Um, it's a very well, Dan, uns- you
0: joke, but Sasquatch is very real and that could happen.
1: Well, it did happen in Harry and the Hendersons, but that's another 1987 comedy for another time.
0: Was that eighty (laughs) seven? Sure was. Eighty seven was an awesome year for movies. Yeah, we've already done a bunch of movies from eighty seven. I feel like summer.
1: Summer eighty seven was. I I feel like had a lot of memorable hits: Monster Squad, Predator, Full Metal Jacket. Um, That was eighty seven. Jeez, that was a summer eighty seven movie. Yeah. Anyway, so so that we don't digress from uh, from summer school. But yeah, I've definitely given advice. I've definitely... Like the relationship, just to get back to the relationship building, it's something that's so important. And it's what enables... It's really what enables him to, to be successful. And honestly, one of the few things that bothered me about the movie was how... How much he sacrifices for Mm -hmm. them and that it takes more than it should for them to kind of turn around and say like, hey, like this guy's helped us out a lot. He goes to jail. He goes to jail for two of the kids.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, something else that you have to remember, and I'm not saying that the writing of this movie is perfect, but like teenagers don't care. You know, they don't think about anybody but themselves, uh, you know, in most cases. That's an
1: unfair generalization. Okay. Th- that's true. A,
0: that's true. Yeah. Okay. I, from my own teenage experience, I can tell you that it would have taken me a while to empathize with a teacher who's giving up so much especially if I'm one of the, you know, a student or somebody who's a teenager who's doesn't care about school in the first place, like these kids for the most part. But, and sometimes
1: you have to wonder why they don't care about school. And I honestly, I feel like a lot of what I hear about teachers, I I think more teachers need to maybe not be as afraid to be more Mr. Shoop. I'm <laughs> yeah. not saying, I'm not saying take him to the petting zoo. <laughs> but, right. Um, You know, just taking the that's time. That's not to, a,
0: that's not a euphemism. He actually took them to a pet. Yeah. Zoo. He takes them,
1: but like getting to know them, um, getting to know, like one thing I, I found myself connecting with and something that I saw in a different respect was the, um kind of the lack of judgment with Rhonda the the student who's pregnant mm-hmm. and there's no there's never any discussion of like what did you do like why 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 did you do this why did you make this and nothing like that
0: it just is
1: which is so i mean but that's honestly it's like that's what you do like you don't when you have a kid who's in a situation like that the last thing you want to do is alienate them mhm by judging them trust me that kid has already received any all the judgment they can get <laughs> they've yeah. they've most likely gotten it already so and from people whose opinions matter to them more than yours as their teacher but um you know as i mean I, i've had students who were pregnant i've had students who already had kids. Oh yeah. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> like you know, what are you going to you know, it's like they have the kid, you want them to show up to class. You like you you first of all have to appreciate that they're there because having a kid is hard and it's exhausting and it's exhausting and hard when you're an adult. I can only imagine if you're 16. Right. Like 17, 18, 19, whatever. Like if you're showing up – if you're still showing up to school, even – especially after missing – because these kids, you know, some of them miss a, a whole year of school or a half a year of school. Right. Having these babies and then for them to come back, knowing that they're behind, knowing that all the other kids are – you know, they know this about them. Right. Like that's so challenging. So you have to just kind of first acknowledge the fact that they showed up. Yeah.
0: Yeah it's yeah. like
1: that's awesome like and you and 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 what he says about the improvement is so is so spot on and i think parents i mean not every parent you're going to have parents who jump down the teacher's throat for for kids uh, whatever their shortcomings are academically but like the parents really going to bat for him is like i think th- I've seen a lot of that. I've seen, I mean, we, we all, you know, we hear horror stories about the parents who, who call or who come in and say, why didn't like, you know, why didn't my kid get an A on this and why didn't this happen and why didn't that happen? But really like the majority of the parents that, that I've worked with, all they want to do is know how they can help their kid and a lot right. of times and and honestly it's like it's not necessarily about the grade but it's about how the kid feels about themselves and if you if if you have you know like if if you're constantly being told all right well a c equals eh mediocre average grade. right now i mean now it's like the I don't hear anyone like, you know, happy, you know, who's like, oh, okay, good. All right. I got to see. That's fine. But the focus on the improvement is really where things should be. And to tell a kid, you know, maybe not to like, you know, not give C's, but to say like, you know, all right, yes, okay, you got to see on this, but look at how you did the last time you tried something right. like this. You did – you had an improvement and I felt that Shoup not only I think is a really, you know, effective teacher in that respect, in pretty much every respect other than like teaching the subject matter, he's really – he's not only effective, but I think he's a little ahead of his – he's a little forward thinking, especially taken that this is 1987.
0: Well, something else that you also have to keep in mind is that this was written by none other than Jeff Franklin, the person who gave us Full House.
1: Right, right.
0: Yeah, as soon as I saw his name come up, I was like, "The Full House guy?" And sure enough, so it's like Jeff Franklin, if nothing else, is certainly the master of like making putting you on someone's side. And making you like really root for them. Yeah. And uh you know, say what you will about Full House, but it's like that's he's very effective at creating those characters. I mean, if you will, Uncle Jesse
1: is a bit of a Mr. Shoop.
0: He is a bit of a Mr. Shoop. He Takes matures him a lot longer he, to uh <laughs> to mature as Mr. Shoop, but
1: Well, yeah. you know, you you gotta have your Jesse in the Rippers phase. Um interestingly enough I'm I'm pretty sure Full House debuted in 1987.
0: Entirely possible.
1: Man, worlds collided.
0: <laughs> so yeah, so, so... <laughs> Go ahead, John. So um before we get into where we would see these see this movie going in the future, we should acknowledge that there has been discussion of remaking Summer School. Um, But the conversation kind of, well, kind of began in like 2005, but really ended 2012-ish. In I think 2011 or 2012, uh, it was announced that there was going to be a remake um, produced by Happy Madison and Adam Sandler. So um, I, I don't think that it ever... I mean, it certainly didn't end up going anywhere because we don't we don't have it. But right, I'm wondering really what they were planning on doing. If it was going to be an Adam Sandler thing, I certainly have feelings about that. Um, but I could see how somebody like Adam Sandler could get this type of movie going. Um, yeah, Which- I would be nervous about exactly how it would be dealt with considering the style of humor that his movies tend to take.
1: Um, and I, I feel like it would have actually made for a really good, like happy Madison production 15 years ago, 20 years ago. Um, you know, like in that, you know, let's take Adam Sandler and put him with, whether it's a, you know, jo- Joey Lord Adams, Drew Barrymore. Right. Mm-hmm. Whoever. Um, but I could, I, I, I could totally see that working out and, you know, much in the vein of something like a school of rock. Right. Which is, which bears a lot of similarity to it. Another, and, and, uh, another, I think similarity a little not exactly a like sequel or anything related to this but um if you if you're familiar with the series I know we we've talked about it before but uh for those of you listening if you're familiar with the series AP Bio which right. stars G- Glenn Howerton as a as a teacher he I found a lot of even though the the storyline is different and the kids are very different. I found a lot of commonality in how he connects with the students and uh-huh. how he also just avoids teaching them.
0: <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. I, I, I thought I, I a lot of you. Yeah. I know. I agree with you in that had this been made happy Madison 20 years ago, uh, 15 years ago, rather where it, it could have, he would have been more age appropriate to play that type of, Gym teacher character, also put him with you know Drew Barrymore as the Kirstie Alley. I could have seen that, but now I just I feel like it would just get lost in the shuffle and wouldn't stick, especially if it was Adam Sandler.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I know we talked about too old. Well, we and we talked about it in terms. We talked about Happy Madison in terms of Cannonball Run. Which yeah. I think is a, is a remake or reboot that I think just would fit th- that very well. Sure, and but but I agree with you. Summer School is not; it's not something that I would just want to that I would want to see. Just kind of a, a remake, and then you know, little to no you know fanfare around it, right? Yeah. <laughs> and just and not and not and not And I, I really I haven't seen any of the Happy Madison Netflix productions. So I really can't
0: comment, but I'd be concerned. Netflix is that, trying to get me to watch this new one, but I'm not biting. What's the new with one? Jennifer is that Aniston? the murder mystery? Yeah, I think so. He's got a mustache. Jennifer Aniston's yeah. there.
1: The one that I was, I was interested in the one with him and Chris Rock, where their kids are getting married. Oh yeah. I forgot about one, that one. That one looked like it might be funny. Um Yeah. It's yeah. I'm I'm just kind of yeah. I don't feel like that works now for summer school. But I like 2000 2005
0: would yeah. have been would have been the way to go. So what what would you do with summer school? Oh well, first of all,
1: remake. Yeah, A- absolutely. Um, remake. Uh, you know, I I don't really see another. Other way to go with it, I don't think a sequel where like they all come back for their reunion or like Mr. Shoop's retirement or something is gonna work.
0: The only way I could see it working is if David Lee Roth and Sean Penn have a mamma mia scenario with the baby that was up for adoption, Rhonda's baby, because <laughs> as she states, the father could either be David Lee Roth, but he's always on tour, or Sean Penn but she didn't want to upset Madonna. Was it Madonna at the time? It was Who At was the it? time it
1: was Madonna. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. So uh, get a little Mamma Mia situation going. <laughs> you, you could probably get, Sean, child. You,
1: you probably get Sean Penn to be in it. And I don't know, maybe instead of the songs of ABBA, it could be like Ace of Base.
0: Well, why couldn't it be the songs of Van Halen? It's David I, Lee Roth. Come on. Good, good question dance the night and away
1: just, why couldn't yeah. we have yeah i ain't got nobody
0: so um anyway you're <laughs> you're your, i agree with you completely uh, remake and how would you how would you see that going who would you put in it
1: <laughs> well first of all um i i would i would Definitely, probably remove the scenes where Mr. Shoup hosts a house party and lays on his bed with one of his students and has one of his students move in. 16 year old. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, all of that, I'm, yeah, incredibly problematic. But uh, as far as casting goes, I, I went so many different directions on this. And my first instinct was Ryan Reynolds. I thought. Really? Yeah, I just I thought again I was like this would be a good like role for Ryan Reynolds to play that is a little something different than what he's been mm-hmm. doing more lately. But then I also thought of, and I, I thought of this actually. I was thinking watching MacGruber directed by Yorma uh, Takone directed uh-huh. that right. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that his name right.
0: Tacone of the Lonely Island.
1: Of the Lonely Island, and and here I am thinking like, well, hmm, Andy Samberg as Mr. Shoop. He's on my that list. Kinda, that kind of works for me. I also yeah. think, I, I know a popular name that comes up a lot here is Donald Glover, but just thinking about He's actors on my list. in that range. And um, I also, uh, something, I was reading an article, and uh, I don't know, if, did you see Sorry to Bother You? Sorry to Bother You, yes. With Lakeith Stanfield. Yeah. He's he's pretty funny, and he's great. I would be interested to see to see him do something like like this. I mean, I I think as far as I know, I've, I, I'm pretty sure I saw him in maybe one other thing, but I know I saw him in Sorry to bother you. which yeah. he was, fantastic. and also his
0: co-star Army Hammer would be another good one. <laughs> and you get and you get Timothy Chalamet as one of the students' little reunion action.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't really think of any casting for the for the students because
0: Yeah, me either. I don't really know younger people as much as I from Timothy Chalamet.
1: You just kind of got to, you know, pluck them from whatever like Netflix series or TikTok Disney Stars channel, TikTok Stars. Yeah, you no, know, it's all <laughs> of my students. Man, do you know how many TikToks I would, Today was the last day. so appropriately, today was the last day of school uh for me. And uh oh man. I was... Thank you. I signed so many yearbooks today and I was I was in I, nice. I was in a few TikToks. I could be a TikTok star. Um whoa. We'll see what happens. I don't know. I also rapped today in class, but that's another story for another time. Oh, I rapped it the is. entire plot of Of Mice and Men. <laughs> oh
0: my god, you love Of
1: Mice of Mice and Men. I do love Of Mice and Men. It is a <laughs> fucking wonderful book. Um but yeah, so that's kind of that those are like the, so that was kind of my big my top four for shoop. And then also the I, I don't have him on my list, but uh we were talking Dax Shepard mm-hmm. last time, and I was like, Oh, that would be a nice fun little Dax Shepard, Kristen Bell combo. Yep,
0: yeah, could be. On um that. the the people that I had on my list, um Jason Siegel.
1: So I had Jason Siegel on my first list, uh huh. and had a first then, list. <laughs> J- jason jason siegel was was on the first draft of the list and then i remembered I, I thought about the movie bad teacher
0: bad teacher yeah, which i
1: like but he's in that basically playing a gym teacher who oh is he a gym teacher i never like, saw it yeah um yeah i say it's not bad it's pretty funny um but yeah he plays a. it's it's I was like, it's like close enough. And I don't like, I don't think anyone's going to think like, oh yeah, but what about bad teacher? Yeah. So, but Jason, Jason Siegel, I I thought would be, would definitely be a a
0: great choice. All right. Here's another one. Kate McKinnon. Oh, Kate McKinnon as. She'd be an awesome shoop. Yeah. 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 she's, Um, She's, she's,
1: she's pretty great.
0: Yeah. She, as far as I'm concerned, can do anything. Uh, I've got Justin Long. Justin Long. What about Ilana Glazer? Ooh, Alana Glazer could be really interesting.
1: Yeah. Like, I've only seen a few episodes of Broad City, but I think it's hilarious. You've only seen a few episodes? It's so good. I know. I know. The ones I've seen, I've, I've laughed my ass off at. But yeah. I just thought um, of that. I was like, oh, Lana, she could, she pulls, I, I think I'm thinking, I hope I'm not getting confused, but I think I'm thinking of, of the, the one who I'm thinking of.
0: <laughs> With the curly hair? That it may- yes. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. So, yes. Good. um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's, I, I never really think to go to her, but I don't know why not that would be a really interesting i feel like she would make it feel more like school of rock which mm. in a lot of ways is a a different version of summer school
1: yeah well i think the the big thing between like school of rock and ap bio the difference between that and summer school is those are about like the the like the the quote unquote honors kids yeah the ap kids and yeah, I think what I like about summer school is it's like this. This they represent, I would say, more of the student body.
0: Another person that I had on my list, uh, Chris Evans. Love Chris Evans. I feel like okay. he is due for a chance to just do like another straight up comedy, but
1: not another teen
0: movie. But not. And, but not yes, another, another, not teen, another movie. teen movie. Yeah. No. Yes and i feel like he would also he i feel like he would fit into the role of a gym teacher really well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah. and then finally our one of our favorite go-to is Mindy Kaling.
1: Yeah. Why not? <laughs> because
0: she works for anything.
1: She does. Yeah. I mean, you could and honestly, you could cast her as, she could be Shoop, she could be um I'm blanking on the Kirstie Alley character's name.
0: My mind was going to Pam, but that's the student.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, although Uh, that actually makes me think Jenna Fisher would be a...
0: Robin Bishop. Robin,
1: right. Robin.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, So yeah. I mean, I think that those those would all be great shoops. Um, I, I, I thought of Justin Long because I was thinking about his character in the movie Accepted. Uh, kind of the the spirit of that character, I feel like could be pretty shoopy.
1: Yeah, I could see it. I could see Justin Long. Yeah,
0: yeah. You why could not? see Justin Long. Why not? In summer School 2020.
1: In summer School 2020. Um, now, <laughs> and on the other end of it, I had a few uh, for the role of of Robin. I was kind of trying to think. You know who who I first of all Issa Rae. Oh, yeah. So funny. That would be really and, good. And the and that Robin, like, she's not, like, this stuck-up teacher. She's got, like, she does that whole thing with the gestures, with the, uh, when she, after oh, yeah. they're, like, cursing, and she comes in, and she's like, maybe learn some gestures. And she does, like, the whole, like, you know, dick-in-the-mouth gesture, and right. it's kind of... It's like, oh, okay, yeah. So I was like, Issa Rae would be really good. Natalie Morales, um, who I
0: I like, Natalie I like Natalie Morales a lot. Yeah, yeah, she's uh, good in everything. Allison Bree. Oh, you know who would be a really interesting shoop? Who Ben Schwartz?
1: Ben Schwartz. Yeah, I, we're we're on a Parks and Rec kick now. Here,
0: all right. I, um, well, that's what got me thinking about it, and then I. Yeah. Uh, Did you ever see House of Lies? No.
1: No. He's very good on House of Lies. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Once that show gets past being like, hey, we're going to show boobs all the time. And then they start to actually get more serious about stuff. That's when it gets, for me, really good. And um, Hmm. Ben Schwartz does some really awesome stuff in that show. So...
1: Great. Well, I like Ben Schwartz. Sure. Mm-hmm. Now, who who are you thinking uh, for? Who did you have for the assistant principal? Uh,
0: you know, I Phillip. I didn't I didn't go ahead. I didn't like casting those. But the one person I was just thinking as I we were like kind of talking about it, Scoot McNary. Oh yeah, Scoot that McNary would be who is in for him. um, he was in. Man of Steel, he was on halt and catch fire. He's in everything. Yeah. And he's monst- everyone's monsters. Certain. He's in everything.
1: Yeah, he's in a lot. Scooping. scooping Neri would be good, yeah. Um my first thought, my first my first instinct was Steve Carell.
0: Oh. <laughs> and yeah. then thinking about
1: and then thinking about age, I was like he might be a little Old, if we're gonna have the love yeah. triangle thing, so Bradley Cooper, who hasn't like has he played an obnoxious character since Wedding Crashers? Um, not to my knowledge. Like a character is I... meant to be obnoxious. I'm sure people have found right. some of his characters to be obnoxious, but <laughs> like I feel like he's always playing like either kind of the suave hero or the the nice guy or you know so, a sympathetic character born. or a Star Is Born. Yeah, yeah, he's in the shallow. Um, so I was thinking Bradley Cooper. I also thought Adam Scott.
0: Oh, Adam Scott's so good. Who plays a
1: great douchebag.
0: I like, I would almost want to see him play Shoop and Gibbs, like just wearing different, you know, facial hair or something.
1: Yeah. He's got the beard for a Shoop, I guess, or I don't know. Um, who knows, but I loved him so much in Step Brothers. Well, hey,
0: talking about that's another Parks and Rec
1: connection yeah, yeah um
0: yeah. no adam scott's awesome um get john ham as the vice principal <laughs> yeah he's uh,
1: you know john there's Ooh, there's just some you know what, some ed actors. helms ed helms as oh as the assistant principal oh yeah yeah, yeah.
0: we could just keep I like on that. listing people I all like day that. and all night
1: yeah yeah, and I mean it's also if you're remaking it, we can add other characters. Like Shoop right. doesn't. Shoop's got like his his girlfriend who he's going to Hawaii with, uh, but then just does she she just ditches him and is like, "I'll go by myself." And he's like, "Fine, I'm gonna start hitting on Kirstie Alley." So, but you could definitely add in a remake, like, you know, does he have any other friends who teach at the school or? Like, does he have any other friends, like, period? Could you get, could you, could you get someone else in there with him? uh? Yeah.
0: Shoop is totally a loner. I mean, he's got his dog and that's basically it. Yeah. Wonder Mutt. Yeah. Wonder Mutt. Um Well, anyway, (laughs) if any of you listening have any thoughts about, uh, summer school, please email us ruinedchildhoodspot at gmail.com. Uh, if we don't get to that part of this, then we're just going to keep on naming people that could be Shoop. But I, 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 no one's got time for that.
1: No, but I do, I, I, I definitely want to say before we, uh, you know, before we close up on this, that the, um, First of all, just my compliments again, like the, the writing of it, these characters are, are very real and like a lot more believable than one would expect. And I think Mm -hmm. that the, um, what was I going to say? His, I had a, I had a note here and I just, I, I lost it. Um, like oh so i felt that the stakes were i think the pacing of this movie is really well done and i think the stakes are 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 pretty good and they keep building because first it's just hey he needs the ap's recommendation for 10 years so he's kind of got to do the summer school gig yeah. so but then after he's after that first part of the of 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 the movie where he's just taking the kids on field trips and everything. And then he gets the um, kind of the ultimatum where he has to get all the kids to pass. Right. And then you have, and then it just keeps getting more and more like when Ikian negotiates that they're going to work hard for him. He has to grant their wishes. I just, I like Mm -hmm. how it, it builds it builds really nicely and not so much to where you're just like, okay, all right. When are they going to stop this? When are they going to move on? So
0: I also want to give kudos to the scene where it's uh, chainsaw's dream sequence uh, (laughs) where he, he wakes up with the like prosthetic hand, like the movie prop hand, like massaging his throat. And then he's like, waking up and he's gets his clothes on. He's refreshed. He goes to breakfast and he's got this like cleaver family family <laughs> and they're asking him questions and he, he's like, uh, can't remember any of the, so it's like, do you want, you know, scramble, what kind of eggs do you want? And he's like, what are eggs? And yeah. then his sister's like, <laughs> how do you spell cat? And he's like, I don't know. I don't know anything. <laughs> Everything is blank. Sweat. <laughs> that that scene is done so perfectly. I love it. That that scene's great. You got the whole like take. You know that the take your
1: seats gag, mm-hmm. um, which is I mean probably the most f- famous joke from that is when Mark Harmon gets serious. He says take your seats and Shane and Dave pick up their desks and say where should we take them. I, I used that in the in the play I directed last last fall oh fools, my god Neil Simon that's fools. amazing not like the whole thing <laughs> but i just had like th- they because the play fools takes place in a village of idiots and they're all coming together for this wedding and i had I, I just had the um the magistrate the character like his line is supposed to be like please please sit down and i just changed it to like please take your seats so that they could all pick up the benches and well, it's yeah.
0: all—it's kind of like in uh, Men in Tights with lend me your ears and then they all throw their ears. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lot,
1: <laughs> lots of fun. Lots of fun there. But um, <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I noticed I was like he another teaching technique that he uses that that I use is when he's trying to get the kids to learn how to like to, to actually write. And he tells them like, look, you write letters to people and you can get free, you can get free stuff. That is the angle I tell kids about like, like emails or phone calls that I've made and like using evidence to like get a company to replace something or provide something for free.
0: No, yeah, that's, that was a great tactic. And yeah, so Chainsaw sends a letter to a sunglass company complaining and then he gets sent a whole box of sunglasses. Yeah. It's awesome.
1: I mean, basically like the the, the lesson of this is if you're a teacher, don't like treating the kids like your enemies, being adversarial with them is not going to get you anywhere. Your success is based on their success and like they're teenagers. So a lot of them are not going to do things they don't want to (laughs) do.
0: Well, one thing that I feel like I know we can keep on talking about it. I feel like a missed opportunity of summer school, considering how chainsaw and Dave are so drawn to these movies and are clearly really talented at makeup and special effects. They have that scene where they have like the other teacher coming in to replace Shoop. And it's like a horror scene in there (laughs) where they're hanging from the ceiling and They've got eyeballs coming, you know, coming out and bloods everywhere. I feel like that could have been something that would have been used as a lesson where it's like, you have the ability to make something of this talent of yours. But in order to do that, you need to know how to do these other things.
1: But you can, you could, and I think that also like now and you, in, in a remake, With the, with the capabilities and technology that kids have now, like I look at, I always thought my video projects in high school were pretty good, but damn the production value on the stuff my kids do now. It's amazing. So I think that, I think the whole, I think like phones and the issue of phones in the classroom Could be so well tackled because it's another thing where some teachers are like, no phones. If I see a phone, you have a detention. And then there's the other teachers who are like, you know, well, (laughs) there's I have an Instagram feed for my students Mm -hmm. and it's, you know, I use it because I see my kids on Instagram all the time. So I'm like, all right, well, if I post homework assignments on Instagram, I know they'll see them.
0: I follow it and I see it sometimes not remembering what exactly it is. And I'm like, (laughs) what is this? There's a test. Wait, there's (laughs) an essay due. Oh no. Wake up in a cold sweat. What are eggs?
1: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's, it's, I think it's another, there's so many more things that you could tap into with education
0: now. Yeah, for sure. Um, so Dan, do you want to tell everyone what our next movie is going to be? Alright, so coming up
1: next, we are gonna be celebrating the thirtieth anniversary of the nineteen eighty-nine action classic Roadhouse. You would consider it action? I guess action drama, <laughs>
0: philosophical yeah. Philosophical action, I guess. It's it's one of the um Male butt cheek movies of the 80s that can't be missed. <laughs> is that, a, is, did you just make that up? Oh, I guess. I don't know. I, I think so, but it's true. Well, it's amazing.
1: No, because you said that and I'm like, like five other movies. I'm, I'm like, oh, wait, Lethal Weapon. Like,
0: Tango, when did Tango and Cash come out?
1: Eight, 89.
0: Yeah. Okay. hmm. Yeah. The year of the male butt cheek. They
1: and they parodied that in loaded weapon. <laughs>
0: right. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So yeah, so so Roadhouse, uh Patrick Swayze, Kelly Lynch. Um anyone else? Uh, uh yeah.
0: Oh why am I blanking? Hardcore when... legend Terry Funk.
1: <laughs> what? <laughs> so yes, professional wrestler Terry Funk, the hardcore legend plays one of the bouncers in the bar when he when Patrick oh. Swayze first shows up there and then he like fires all the other bouncers. Terry Funk is like one of those guys. And
0: isn't Sam Elliott in it? Oh yeah, Sam Elliott is in it. You are right. Uh it's anyway, it's uh, a, I'm excited to revisit I'm excited to revisit this movie, yes. um, and I'm also excited to watch Summer School again because uh, last night I showed uh, Laura, my wife, the trailer to Summer School, and she was like, uh, "Yes, I definitely want to watch this." So I will be watching it again soon.
1: That's great. I mean, what a what a fun
0: movie!
1: And uh, it honestly, is so
0: fun. I don't know if I have ever. I don't
1: know if I had ever really like sat down and watched it before. Like, I don't, I don't remember the
0: first time I saw, I didn't see it in the theater. I mean, comedy central, HBO, probably HBO. You watch it for like 15 minutes, you know, put it
1: on and do something else. But like, man, I really enjoyed it. So if you haven't seen summer school, I I I hope you've enjoyed listening to us talk about it.
0: I found the DVD at my local library. Um, The, I looked it up online. There were three copies in the library system here, and all three were available. One of them at the library that's a block and a half away from my house. So I that's awesome. marched on over there and picked I, up summer school. I had to put
1: a hold on it at, at my library. It's a very popular. <laughs> I think there's five copies rotating around oh, the system. Wow. And Anyway, long story it's short, always, folks, support your local
0: library. It's always so encouraging to see like these types of movies that there are copies of them that people actually have out and are watching. It's like, yeah, someone's like, Oh yeah, I watched summer, summer school from the library. Yeah. That sounds like a great yeah. idea.
1: Oh, I had to <laughs> wait a couple of days for cannonball run.
0: <laughs> yeah. Worth it. Worth it. Worth the wait. Worth anyway,
1: every tax penny.
0: Ruinedchildhoodspod at gmail.com. We are at ruinedchildhoodspod.com. On Instagram. Then um, that's what I got. Got anything else, Dan? No, man. We'll see you at the Roadhouse. Yeah, good journey. Good journey. No!
1: Tension breaker had to be done.
0: Good luck, gang. Ready? Begin.